as the children are moving there. I'm going to preach on part two, or the conclusion of uh, last week's message of our home's HVAC system. And if you remember that HVAC stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, also referred to, you hear, called the HVAC system. Now, last week we started the message talking about lukewarmness, of all things, being comfortable. That comfort does not promote action. God condemned the Laodicean church for being lukewarm, didn't he? The church was simply becoming comfortable being in the world. Jesus called us into the world, not to be of the world, but rather to be salt and light in the world. We've been, that's been our message Sunday nights. We are to be set apart, holy, a peculiar people who stands for the truth like Jesus did. In so doing, the world will hate us and seek to persecute us as we seek to give out the gospel. Now, I'll tell you what, when I wrote those words, I had to think, how much persecution do I have? How much do people hate me? And I, I get a little concerned, you know, am I not being bold enough in the gospel? John 15, 17 says, these things I command you that ye love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you, Jesus speaking. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. The Laodicean church was quickly losing their distinction, their holiness and true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were beginning to fall asleep at the wheel, going into a coma or whatever you want to call it, but God was waking them up, throwing cold water on the face, you might say, or putting a fire under them, as we might say as well. He said he would rather them be hot or cold because that puts us into action. He counseled them to buy of him gold tried in lukewarm water. No, gold tried in the fire. We need to be careful not to be comfortable or seek after being comfortable, but rather get our sensitivity back to an uncomfortable cold and indifferent world around us, to be uncomfortable in a world seeking self-pleasure, selfishness, and sinfulness. Our battle against the cold, indifferent world, that would be our home's heating system that I was talking about. I referred to that as zeal. Now, if you followed the Reds lately, you've noticed that they've came from last place. Now, I think they're a game out maybe from first place now, but they got into first place and in their division. Now, if I was to put a reason behind that change, I would say it's just not simply talented players. It is talented players playing with zeal. Now, John told me of a story. I don't know if you heard it. It was pretty good. Now, I've played a lot of ball, so I kind of put myself in. I've been on both sides of this 
this area before. It seems that <clears throat> Ellie De La Cruz is a new guy up for the Reds. He was on base. He stole second. He's very fast. He stole second. Very next pitch, from what I understand, he steals third. The pitcher, apparently, and this is just what I've heard, I didn't get to see it. He took his glove off, had the ball in his hand, rubbing the ball. He's frustrated, you know. And De La Cruz just starts walking a little bit, does the little trick. I've done this where you just walk a little bit so you just get a little bit lead. Nobody's panicked. But he's got the ball in his hand. He's not paying attention. He steals home. They start yelling. Pitcher throws. It was a bad throw, but as it's seen, it probably would have been safe anyway. That's zeal. That's playing with zeal. We played ball. I'm, I'm watching like our ball team play. There's play. We play with zeal. And it's amazing what that does. Zeal. Christians, listen, are endowed with spiritual gifts above all that can be drummed up in the flesh. We have God, the Holy Spirit living within us. If I could say it this way, we are the most talented team over Satan's team. But without zeal, we lose our witness. We can lose the game. We, we, we lose. The difference is zeal. We also talked about our ventilation system in our Christian life. Home and church to realize our work is outside the home, lest we become stagnant in our witness. I mean, you could be the greatest Bible scholar. You can be at home and you can, you can memorize the whole Bible. You can have all sorts of a prayer life, but if that's all you do, if you don't get out and apply it, man, that's a stuffy Christian. But our ventilation in our home is also filtered. <clears throat> when we return from the world, we must filter out the dirt when we return. We are to be in the world, but not of the world which brought us to the third and final point of the message of our HVA system theme. And so we talked about the heat in the house. We talked about the ventilation in the house. And this morning, this afternoon, we're going to talk about the AC of our house, the air conditioning in our Christian life. Let's pray. Father, as we're brought up to this part about the air conditioning, and what it does, and how that applies spiritually in our lives. I pray you would sink this message deep in our hearts. This is a very important part of our life. As I look at this church, as I consider this new generation, these children especially, we need to pay attention to this point. We'll lose them. We'll lose them altogether. Father, I pray that we won't lose a child to this world. But through our church, through our homes, they will be led to the truth. And so, Father, I just pray you'd uh, preach to us through your Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We know we need heat because of the cold. 
So it stands to reason that we need air conditioning because of the heat. What is the spiritual heat that we need protection from in the world? It's the heat of fleshly passion. 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. There are pleasures of this world that God wants us to enjoy and give Him thanks for. But he does not want us to live for the things of this world, but rather live to know the God of the pleasures of this world. And by the way, he is the place and source of all pleasure. Psalm 1611, that will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, there'll be a point later, if you you pick up on this, it's not in the things, it's in the people. And in your family, you're going to see you do things, but it better not be of the things. It needs to be of the family and of the people. You know, the the intent of the devil is to addict you and have you be obsessed with the things of the world. He wants you bound to them. He wants you to try to find life in them, but like a drug, it will cause you to want more, and the more you get, the more you will want, and the more you get, the less you have of true peace and happiness. It's like a cup that you have, and you're trying to fill it, and that that cup has a little hole in it. That's the way things are. (laughs) They only last a little bit. It has a hole in it has a small hole. So when you see the cup not filling up like you'd like it, the hole gets bigger until you pour it all in and the bottom falls out. Is that not what an addict is? That's what happens with addicts. Addictions are deep-seated heart conditions that war against what is right. Yes, in our homes, we put boundaries to help contain the carrying out of addictions, but it cannot cure it, and we certainly should put these in. But our best defense is an offense. Now listen to me here, because you've got to get this. This is so important for your kids, for yourself. What is that offense? The offense is to change the heart. By first seeking the salvation of everyone in our family through prayer and faith. Number one, without God, all things are impossible. Then practicing these four principles of Christian living, the Bible, prayer, church, and witnessing. Those are four things. Always keep those in your mind. Our lives and our children's lives need to be like how God described David, a man after God's own heart. We can be that. David wasn't the only one to be like that. We can be like that. You see, David had a major addiction himself, an addiction to God. And though troubles came his way, and sin made his way into his life, though he suffered greatly because of those sins, one thing he never got over was his addiction to God. We need to help our children 
be addicted to God. We, but first of all, we need to be addicted. Simply put, may our families have an addiction for God and may our church do everything it can do to fuel that addiction. The things we do here at church, and I'm open to ideas, anything to fuel that passion for God. Without that addiction, we only have boundaries that can be put around worldly addictions. Addictions find their way around boundaries. They sneak through when boundary guards are let down, when you just slip a little bit. Or in some cases, the addiction will just charge right through the boundary in flat rebellion. You may think I'm talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and yes, those are included. Those are the big ones, but it is the little ones we need to be aware of. Song of Solomon 2.15, Take us the foxes the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. It is these little foxes, the ones who are aimed at our tender grapes, our children. You know, there's a myriad of addictions, the little foxes, that are very subtle in nature, that can take root at very early ages, that can be harmful to your family. I'm convinced that probably most of us, if not all mankind, have some kind of addiction. For many, it's something hidden deep within you that you manage so that others are not aware of. Some of which you've been accustomed to that you can't see, but everyone else sees it clearly. There's one general common addiction that we all live with all through our lives, and that being the desire of the flesh. This is a constant battle in the life of every Christian. This will not go away until heaven one day. And that will all be gone. I, don't even, I can't even imagine what that's like. Oh, but what a day. They are harmful to us. But we're to use the truth to put the flesh under subjection to the Spirit of God that dwells in us, Romans 8, 13. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye live, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Colossians 3, 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, the Apostle Paul put it this way. All things are lawful to me, unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Satan is wanting you get to an addiction so it can get power of you. Paul is simply saying, that I shouldn't have nothing like that in my life. I should not be brought under the power of any. Addictions to the flaming passions of this world and your flesh bring you into the bondage and obsession of it. Recently in Cincinnati, there was a Taylor Swift concert. She identifies as a Christian. But everything I read about her and her family was anything but a pursuit of God. They seemed to have an obsession to make Taylor great in the world through the talent she had, and they succeeded. Her concerts are packed with obsessive followers and she is making disciples, not of Christ, but of herself. 
People are spending upward of $1,000 for a ticket and spending the night downtown to buy T-Swift memorabilia out of a trailer. I guess you could call that the Taylor trailer. <laughs> I don't know. You say, I don't have obsessions or addictions like that. Now think about it. How much would you pay for that next better golf club? How much would you pay for that next bow or gun? How much would you pay to have that game mounted? How many discs do you have in your bag? How much would you pay to play Augusta National Golf Course? That's the finest golf course in the world. How much would you pay to go on that big hunt? How much me time do you need? Now, I'm poking at the men pretty much right now, but ladies have their addictions as well and their obsessions. But dearly beloved, I'm not being mean or judgmental, but it has been said, what you do, your children will do in excess. Your actions are fueling your children's passions. Does your life fuel their passion for God? Or does it fuel them for hobbies, sports, vacations, or other things? Now, I don't want to throw water on all these wonderful things God's given us. They're good things for us to enjoy. But these should all be carriers to building relationships, to spending time together is the goal. Now, I took a group out to, to the Reds game, and I talk about the Reds, and I kind of understand what's going on and stuff, but I could care less <laughs> in one sense. But I saw an opportunity for a father and a son, fathers and sons to come and enjoy a place. And we have a little rivalry between New York and Cincinnati, and that's just fun because it's, it's just around people. That's what that made that important. It's spending time together is the goal. You see, if you get this right, the type of activity really doesn't matter. If it has to be, if it's all centered on this activity, you might be thinking about things. It could be anything. It's not about the performance of the activity. It really doesn't matter. What matters is the memories that your family makes being together. That family is the most treasured thing that you're building. That above all, your family covets being together above all things. And outside your personal home, if the church is not the main center of activity and togetherness, you're sending a bad signal. You're sending a signal toward other addictions. I've been asked before, what happened to the church kids? They grew up. Parents are just all with the Lord. And where did the kids go? They're gone. Did they go to another church, I mean? Or they completely out of church? Maybe cases of all that. But they've kind of disappeared. The hardest group is to get in church is those young adult, young families. It's simply this. Here's the reason. They are addicted to something else other than their Lord. That's it. This is perhaps the sneakiest trick of the devil to addict you to the pleasures of this world. And it comes through what might be the simplest devices. And I'm just, now these things, I'm just, there's no way I can make the list. You've got to get the point. 
because there's going to be things that I don't name that come in your home that you need to be aware of. But I'll just name some so you get the gist. Cell phones, tablets, smartwatches, computers, etc. You say, I'm not addicted. Go a week without using one. See if you have any kind of withdrawal symptoms. I'm not talking about the wonderful use of electronic devices to accomplish work or to use in emergency cases. They are wonderful things. But I'm talking about everything else. Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple and creator of the iPhone and iPad, limited how much technology his kids used at home. Every evening, Steve made a point of having dinner at the big long table in their kitchen discussing books and history and a variety of things. He said no one ever pulled out an iPad or a computer. The kids did not seem to be addicted to, at all to electronic devices. I'll tell you something. Media. Fake news. Unsubstantiated agendas of others' beliefs injected into us. You need to be careful of. Social media injection. This is an addiction. You may say, I am not addicted. That's what every addict says. Just realize that. Would you say social media is all about the truth? Have you looked at the filtered pictures of people who you know on social media and think people would not recognize them if they saw them face to face? Why in the world are you changing your, your natural? Is that truth? Why would you not have a picture that really represents what you look like? Think about this. You think about what's a lot on there. Now, I'm not talking about everything. There's some good uses, I'm sure, of social media. But would you say social media promotes healthy, productive lives? How do you explain constant text throughout the day with meaningless, idle conversations? Or perhaps busybody conversations? Or conversations about the world's goings-on? Constant. It's becoming somebody's talking to you, or you're talking to somebody, and they ignore you, and they're doing this. And it's, it's being accept. Don't accept that. Don't accept the world's lies. That is just rude. Okay? Social media is turning our generation into an increasingly distracted, non-productive people. We have one at our work recently. I had to get reprimanded. I mean, we have a hands-on job where you focus your eyes and your hands, and you had to have an earbud in. Constantly listening. Constantly going over at lunch with conversations. Had to be reprimanded. That came off. I walked by one day, and he's on the floor, supposed to be working, doing something on his phone. I come back, and he does this. Because he knows. Come on, I'm a young adult. He's a Christian. An addiction, folks. It's an addiction. Man, I don't work in a construction job. <laughs> I don't think he'd last one day. You just have to flat out fire him, Mike. You never get anything done. That's the most unproductive people.
advertisement injections. Free apps. Does it have advertisements? Of course. Do you think these people are wasting their money providing free apps? Not at all. They're making more money by giving it away and getting the advertising. And advertising are not stupid. They're making their money. How do they do it? By selling us stuff we don't need. It's, advertising is tempting every one of us and our children all the time, more than ever before. Do you ever notice that you did not have a need until you saw it advertised to you? <laughs> you know, I didn't have any needs. I walked in the store. Whoa, I didn't know I needed that. You know, it could have been something that you really need and be helpful, but most of the time it's something that fills your wants. And it can be something so simple and so subtle. Do you want fries with that? Would you like to upsize to a large for just a dollar more? One sandwich for $4, or you can get two for five. You only need one sandwich, but just for a dollar more, you get two. So you buy two, overeat, you're stuffed, feel lousy, you're miserable, and one less dollar in your pocket. <laughs> Done it. Oh. We are injected constantly with sexual intimacy items being mass-publicized on the radio. And we're de being desensitized to it. The society is becoming more Romanized than ever before. Inappropriate talk is becoming norm. Music is another little fox. The Bible tells us about what music should be in our life. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, in your heart to the Lord, in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now remember that addiction I told you about that we all have, the addiction to the flesh. Music has a powerful appeal to the flesh. My wife knows it. I got a beat. Man, we watch some of the grandkids. Some of them got a beat. And I'm what? It feeds the flesh. But godly music is appealing to the spirit. We need to be careful what we are feeding on, the flesh or the spirit. That's kind of how I look at music. If I, if I want to break that down to the, the very basic, simplest terms, and we could do a whole study. I might have Tim Reeder do that, do a study on on that for us. But really, if it's getting your flesh going, probably the flesh. If it's getting your spirit going and working on your soul, you know, the spirit. Perhaps the most dangerous music is music that has a spiritual label, yet it has the beat of the flesh in it. I tell you, it's moving toward an addiction. It's getting you over. It's just, I forget what they call drugs. That, that start out uh, as simple drugs and then they're made to just uh, to build up. I forget what the term of that is. But that's kind of how music can be. Here's a big one. Maybe you are doing a good job protecting your children from the world's passions. But who are their friends? What are they selling your child on? They can slip in, can seem nice but you better be careful. Many times we have had people 
want to have their children spend time with our children or their children marry our children. It is not directly said, but it's on this basis. Their children are not what they should be, and by hanging out with or marrying our children, that will straighten them out. <laughs> I understand the heart and the despair of a parent who sees their child going in a wayward direction. I understand them wanting to believe that getting hooked up with the right girl or guy will straighten them out. But that is like believing putting a good apple in with a bad apple will turn the bad apple good. That just don't work. There's only one thing that can turn a wayward child good. That is the Lord. We need to do everything we can do to bring people to the Lord. That's who can help. You know, Abby's done some lifeguard uh, classes. And one of the things you learn about somebody who's drowning is when you go to get them, they want to drown you. <laughs> They're going to drag you under. It's better to take a stick and pull them out. The greatest way to lead people to the Lord is to live your life as a display for others to live by. Is your AC working properly? Is your home cooling the passions of this world? Do you know why it's called an air conditioner? Because it not only cools the air, but equally as important, it also takes out the humidity out of the air. When the invisible moisture that's in the air here, okay, what we call humidity, blows across the cooling coils of your AC system, it causes the moisture in the air to condense into visible water droplets. Just look inside there, and you'll see it looks like it's sweat. All sorts of water. Where's that water coming from? From out of the air, and it drops in a pipe and goes out, doesn't it? And it results in the room being cool and dry. That's what makes it comfortable. That's why it's called air conditioning. Spiritually speaking, water is referred to as the Word of God. As we cool ourselves from the passion and pleasures of the flesh, two things happen. The Word of God, which was sightless and uncomfortable to us, <laughs> becomes visible and brings comfort to us. How is your AC system working? How is your entire HVAC system working in your home? With heads bowed and eyes closed, and Sister Reader come into play invitation. How is your heat. Would you be on the list of zealous, hardworking Christians in the church? Or are you somewhat indifferent or lukewarm? How is your ventilation? Are you a Christian hermit? Do you have cabin fever? Are you stepping out into the world and when you return, do you filter the filth of the world by the cleansing of God's Word? Are you in the world but not of the world? Are you getting out there and doing something? As I said before, 
We're going to suffer a little bit because of that. We'll be hated, persecuted. That's part of being a Christian. The early Christians counted a joy that they, they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. But how is your AC? Is it cool against the red-hot flesh feeding pleasures of the world? Are you obsessed with your Lord? Praying, reading your Bible, witnessing, working that you may be able to give to them that are in need. Are you glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord? Better yet, how would your pastor and family answer that? Tough questions. The world wants in your home and it's got tricky little ways that will steal your family. But your best defense is an offense. Get addicted to God. Get your children addicted to God. Amen. Thank you all for listening today. I pray the Lord spoke to your heart and life and helped you. I love you. We all have issues, and but I see things. I see them creeping in. And uh, we need to really beware of them. Uh, a lot of them come in with, with good things and good intents in them, but uh, uh, they become addictions. And they can be deep-seated in the heart. And a kid who looks like he's all well in church and going through and doing all through the programs, gone. Gone away from the Lord. Don't want any part of it. He's addicted to something else than God. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this message, Lord. May we take it to heart, speak to individual hearts as you see fit, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.